So hello everybody and welcome to Women in Tech Forum's Leadership Series on the sofa with Angie. Today's special guest is Christina Watson, who is the CEO of InChief. Christina, it's an absolute, absolute pleasure to be speaking to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is a lovely pleasure. So Christina, you've had a, an impressive uh, career spanning 20 years working for some of the world's biggest media companies. Um, and now you've pivoted uh, into uh, media tech. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, your journey and, and how you've moved from uh, working for media companies to founding your own tech platform. Yeah, no, I think um, it's been a really interesting year uh, or a couple of years for, for everybody in the industry. Um, media was always um, pivoting and trying to find its way. And I think for me, um, you know, I didn't really have much choice on the matter. I think it's a bit like the moment um, in marketing history when everybody started to remove the word digital from their job title. So I remember you used to have marketing, brand marketing, and then there was your digital marketing person or your specialist that would sit within your marketing team that would be your go-to for all digital expertise and social media. Now I feel it's a bit like that with tech. Um, it's a bit like, you know, um, in the Stone Age when everything was then rebuilt um, in the Bronze Age. So if you look back at the last year, I think we've massively accelerated into tech. And I think um, from that side of things, everybody has to have technology within their armory. So, yeah, I think it's been a super interesting year. And to move um, media from media into tech has been it's been it's been a great time to do it. Absolutely. And it's really interesting because the, the world as we know it, um, you know, has changed completely, you know, in the last 18 months. And tech has played a much more important role. And, and as you said, it's underpinning every industry sector. How have you personally found that transition from almost a sort of traditional media company background, uh, albeit, you know, with, with sort of the, the digital flavor into much more of a, a sort of founding a tech platform? Yeah, I'd say um, that I was quite lucky because in the 20 years that I um, have been working in my career within corporate environments, I have pinged around lots of different job titles. So I started off very much on the marketing side. Um, um, I used to do all of the TV campaigns for Heat and Closer magazine and Launch Grazia in 2005. So I would say that was a very traditional marketing mix. You know, we did TV, radio, outdoor press and had a brand overnight. Um, and then after I left um, EMAP, um, I then moved into a publishing role within Sugar Magazine. So again, that was very much PL management and looking across lots of different sectors. So again, got lots of experience around that. And then I went to launch the paywall at the Times and Sunday Times newspaper. Uh, and again, that was very much about subscriptions and building communities and really thinking about membership. Um, and again, that was really lovely doing that with somebody else's marketing budget and somebody else's uh, in somebody else's business. Um, and then I moved to um, Hearst where I became digital director of the luxury portfolio. And from that side of things really got under the skin of content. 
And understanding content, again, really underpins what you need from the point of view of trying to acquire customers. So creating those thumb-stopping moments with Harper's Esquire and Elle magazine was great. And then finally, the last string to my bow was moving to Vice to become MD of the fashion and luxury division. And I think in that respect, um, it was very much about sales and lead gen. So from that side of things, it was about bringing in revenue to the business. So when you are going from corporate environment into standalone tech environment, you need the kind of underpinning of marketing, sales, content, and having been a specialist within lots of different media businesses, having done that for lots of different brands, it kind of is quite it gave me the underpinning that I needed to kind of get to a point where I would start my own tech business. So you've had a hugely successful career in the media industry, and now you're a successful tech founder and tech entrepreneur. Um, at the same time, you're also a mother of two beautiful children, you're a wife. Um, I'd love to hear more about your experiences of being a career woman, um, but also balancing the needs of your family at the same time. No, that's a really good question. I, I um, The golden question is, is it harder to be a stay-at-home mum or be at work? And definitely having done both, it is a lot harder to be a stay-at-home mum because from my experience, your work is with you consistently. So throughout the weekends, it wakes in the night, you know, your children follow you to the bathroom. You never get that moment to yourself. Whereas at least with work, um, you know, you get hot coffee, right? So you get, <laughs> and you get to go to the, you get lunch hours, which is great um, uh, from that side of things. I'd say juggling both um, is impossible without without what I call a Rolls Royce childcare service. Um, I know everybody's situation is a lot different um, from that side of things, but having complete faith in your childcare solution um, when you, you know that isn't going to stumble um, and let you down um, is really important. And I have been so, so lucky with my childcare provision. Um, it was a fabulous investment for our family and our sanity. Both me and my husband have full, full on jobs and work full time. And I know a lot of parents that turn around and sort of said, you know, that kind of work, both working created quite a lot of resentment in their household. So I think from that side of things, um, you know, it's all about making sure that you have the provisions you need to be successful uh, and, and not worry when you're at work. Absolutely. And it's, it's a dichotomy that many, um, you know, working mothers face is, um, is that balance between doing a great job, but also being there for your family as well. And I totally agree. It's about finding the right childcare solutions and actually making it work for you as well. And for myself now as a, a sort of single mother of two, um, you know, having, um, you know, childcare and a nanny uh, meant that some of the routine tasks uh, that you have on a day-to-day -day basis were done by somebody else. And the time I had with my children was actually quality time. And I felt that perhaps um, I was in a fortunate position to maybe have more quality time with my children than, um, than if I were doing all of the other tasks. 
I totally agree with you. But I think what's really interesting, I don't know if you've ever spoken to another mum about this situation. I've had so many random comments where it's like, I don't know, I couldn't have anybody wash my clothes. I have to wash them myself. And and it's really weird because I'm like men, men will, you know, categorically accept that a female member of their household will wash their underwear. But why can't a woman accept that I outsource that to somebody? And it's so actually, funny enough, I've always found that women are the hardest critics of a situation with childcare than, than men are. Men don't care as long as stuff gets done. Mm. It's the women that are like, oh, I'm not sure I could have someone wash my clothes. And I'm like, well, if I have someone fill the, the washing machine for me, then I can read that book with with my daughter or I can go out and play, take her to the park because I haven't got those pressures so yeah I hear you and I think it there is this there is an interesting um uh conversation that has that happens around this which I'm sure you would have heard <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this sort of conversation as yourself absolutely and I think you know it comes on really to the next question which is um how does society view you as a working mother? And, and in our community, this comes up a lot because there is the, the sort of guilt uh, and that can either be our own guilt through going out to work and, and sort of leaving our children with, uh, you know, with child, you know, suitable childcare. Um, but also it's, it's the pressures from other mums who perhaps don't work um, and their judgments. So how have you sort of, um, experience that and how have you dealt with it as well I have to say so my eldest is 13 years old he was 13 on Tuesday actually so 13 years ago actually it's it was very different to how it is now and I'm only sharing that because I think um, we've come a really long way actually um and my, my my youngest is now eight and actually the I suppose the cohort of female parenting is very very different to the ones that came 13 years ago and I, and I think I've heard pretty much every comment that that have, is going I've heard it all I've heard things like I'd love to work but I just love my children too much um <laughs> Like, like I don't love my children. Uh, and then I, I hear, I've heard, you know, comments along the lines of, um, you know, it's just extra money and greed. So I'm, I'm you know, is there, is there a sort of re, a, a monetary reason as to why I'm working? Um, and then I've heard things like, um, oh, have you got that work thing out of your system yet? Um, like it's, a, I don't know, a, a, a disease I'm, I'm working my way through. Um, so I have heard it all, but it, it was definitely harder 13 years ago. You know, at that time, I felt like a lone wolf, like a lot of people were quitting and, you know, uh, you know, spending, which I get, I totally get because it was tough. It was really hard. I mean, I was getting up at six in the morning, getting on a train, getting into work. I was at my desk by half seven, like because I started earlier. Um, and then coming home, I, I, you know, I would leave at 5.30 and I would wave as I left. I always found, for me, I didn't want to sneak out. I didn't want to sneak out at 5.30. I was like, bye, I'm going at 5.30. A lot of, and most of the resentment within the work environment came from women who were like, why does she get to leave early? Like I was going to the pub or something. Um, and then what you kind of find happening is those 
again, those cohort of women become parents themselves. And actually they run into you and they're like, oh my gosh, I remember when you used to leave at half five and I would roll my eyes and I'm like, oh my gosh, you, your day would start at half five. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it works. But, you know, inevitably what I found happened is at the point in which women become parents, that's when they all started to drop off or they started to go part-time or they started to take a step back and actually, you know, there became less and less of us because, again, if you're recruiting, you're sitting there going, well, who do I know that's boardroom ready? Who do I know that's been, you know, executively coached? Who do I know that has the level of experience that we would have in here? And all of those women would have dropped off. And so it became it became less and less of us once you got to a certain level. So, yeah, there, there was a lot of pressure from society. Now I would say... Now I would say there is less for sure. Like now my, um, uh, you know, that we've moved on quite a lot in 13 years. So, you know, keep up the fight. <laughs> stop giving work, stop giving working women a hard time, which I think is happening. So I think, yeah, we're, we're, we're on a good, we're on a good momentum. Excellent. Thank you. And um, so as sort of closing comments, what advice would you give to women out there who are um, at the point of sort of family planning and looking at their career and their family? What advice would you give to them? Um, family planning and their career. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I would always say, you know, don't put off having children because of your career as well. So my um, sister-in-law, who um, is an incredibly successful woman in tech, she's actually a HR director at Apple. Um, she um, has only just had her first child at the age of uh, 40. And so she is, I mean, I babysit my nephew now and I'm 42 and I am shattered. And <laughs> I said to her, having kids is a young person's game. <laughs> because you can still be woken at four in the morning and there is a level of like um yeah, being able to function um and I, I i my analogy for this is a bit like hangovers you could kind of handle them when in your 20s now in my 40s i never go out because i can't handle a hangover so i think there is that kind of a level of we have to be cognizant of our biological clocks and all of those things but having kids younger is um uh, is one of those things you should I think everyone should think about it is going to affect your career um, which is, just, is a shame because you're going to have different priorities in life invest in a, a childcare solution that's going to work for your family um, you know a lot of people I know would prefer to have a second property <laughs> but you know I would say for the sake of of, of you know harmony in a household sometimes outsourcing is like the best thing you can do from that side of things with regards to pivoting your career and like um, I actually have an analogy that I use for my son so my son's 13 he's very aware of the fact that the world is accelerating quite quickly and he hears stuff at school where they're like hey robots are coming and all these jobs won't exist anymore and he's like well mum what shall I do and I, I I don't have great advice for him but one of the things I say to him is um, it's a bit like surfing and what I say is if your surfboard is your foundations of 
you know, your education, your talents, your skills, your knowledge. Um, take that board and just get out in the sea. And then what I want you to do is look around and wait for a wave that you think you can ride. And if that wave looks like something you can ride with the board that you've got and that you've been given, and it doesn't look crowded, like there's no one else on that wave, just paddle, catch that wave and keep going, <laughs> keep going until you, you can ride it in. And I said, and just make sure you know when to get off the board because you don't want to bottom yourself out on the shore and you've got enough energy to go back and catch another wave. So just keep your foundations of education that you have, your skills, your knowledge, and just go surfing. Just see what see where it takes you. What a brilliant way to uh, to end uh, our sort of podcast today. Um, you know, find your wave, ride the wave, and uh, I love that. So thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Christina. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and thank you for your openness as well as sort of sharing your experiences too so thank you so much you're so welcome thank you it's been a pleasure